0: I have titled this message, Pilgrims Passing Through. In front of Paul in that prison in Rome was a door, a steel-like door that led down a chute that carried the dead into the river. That was what in the natural was in front of him and that which he viewed every hour of the day but it's obvious from this passage of Scripture that he viewed far more than that door in front of him. He was able to look to another country, to another time, and say, our citizenship is in heaven and we look for the coming of Jesus Christ. Pilgrims just passing through. Now other translations of this verse are very interesting This is the New King James that I am using and it says our citizenship is in heaven. The Old King James Version is our conversation is in heaven. The modern language says our citizenship belongs in heaven. I like that. They add the word belongs. Our citizenship belongs in heaven. The Living Bible uniquely says, our homeland is in heaven. Have you ever been away for a while and you long to be home? How exciting those last few miles are as you get close to home. Our homeland is in heaven. The first time I went to the Holy Land was without my wife, with some other ministers. We were gone for a period of five weeks, and that was a long time And boy, when that plane took off and headed across the Atlantic, back toward the Pacific, I was excited. I was heading home. And I relate to what this living Bible translation says. Our homeland is in heaven. There is in all of us a sense of wanting to go home. Excited at what God is doing here, I hope, but yet a longing to be home with him, as Paul To depart would be far better, but it seems God wants me to remain for now. There is another translation, the Revised Standard, which sounds like it came out of the British Isles. It says, our commonwealth is in heaven. And I like that too. Paul wrote from a prison with no complaint from his lips or his pen. Joy and peace flow forth, praising God because of knowledge. He knew the final chapter. No jailer was going to write the last sentence for him. Nobody was going to seal his fate. His eyes were upon Jesus, and his knowledge took him To another land which is fairer than day. Our citizenship, our commonwealth, our homeland is in heaven. Believers through the centuries have been accused of having a pie in the sky attitude about life. I've thought about that often. What the world notices is that we are troubled as believers less and less by worldly matters, and it bugs them. They can't understand how we can face life with a positive spirit when everything around us is sinking sand. Well, this is the answer I don't mind believing in a pie in the sky gospel. Not at all. When you read the headlines of the paper, I think it's rather important. The Bible says in Acts 1, 10 and 11, that while the followers of the Lord steadfastly looked toward heaven as Jesus went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, or paraphrased, ye men of Sacramento, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That was the word given to those fractured followers of the Lord who were losing their leader. You don't need to stand here gazing into heaven. Go on and get about the work He has given you to do. But all the while you're working, remember what He said, I'm going to come back. And the angels rehearsed it for them again. This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, if you don't want to believe that, that's your problem. I just believe that we are pilgrims passing through and that there's something far better awaiting the person who has faith in Christ than we can ever touch or ever experience down here. That's what this book declares from one cover to the other. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for Him and working for Him should be the motto of every believer. Say it with me this morning. Looking for him and working for him. Say it. Looking for him and working for him. Say it again. Looking for him and working for him. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. That beautiful little epistle of John, the beloved disciple. So in love with Jesus gives us some powerful truth in this third chapter of 1 John, verses 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. And just stop for a moment and think about it, that we could be called the children of God, adulterers, thieves, murderers, idolaters, liars, cheats. We could be called the children of God. Think about that. That is an exciting possibility. And John was rejoicing. Now notice what he says. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. So when they accuse us of pie in the sky and all the rest, just smile, the world does not know us. They do not understand. All that confronts them is this week's paycheck, being able to project far enough to get another meal and to live another day. But with the family of God, it's much different than that. Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. He gives present tense. We are the children of God, but he projects then to the future and says, but it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Can you imagine that? But we know this, that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, For we shall see him as he is. Oh, powerful. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Notice the progression here. We are the children of God. We will be like him. You see, we're not yet there pilgrims passing through. That's what bothers some of us about the rest of us. We're not yet like Jesus and we'd like everybody to be like Jesus. The funny thing is we're always wanting others to be like Jesus and don't think much about ourselves. I wish he was like Jesus. I wish she was like Jesus. Well, well, We're striving, but friends, we will not arrive until we see Him face to face. Then we will be like Him. And in the meantime, as we journey through, we purify ourselves with this hope. Now, you may have wanted to know how you could live a righteous life. How you could be holy before God. Here is a statement to latch on to in 1 John 3. We purify ourselves with this hope. What hope? That at any hour of any day of any year, Jesus Christ could return to gather his own, to be with him. And because no man knows the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh, we live and we labor daily with anticipation that it could be today, and we purify ourselves with that hope. That's what brings holiness in life, that Jesus could come today. I'd better not do anything today that would grieve Him or harm my relationship with Him. I want to be pure when He comes. Hallelujah. So, we are children of God. Now it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but in the meanwhile we purify ourselves with this truth. Now there are two basic points I want to leave with you today. The first is, Pilgrims with dual citizenship. I want you to see this. Everybody knows that we are born in the flesh and we have a birthday. Whatever month, day, year, we have a day we celebrate our birth, born in the flesh. But in John 3, Jesus introduced to Nicodemus. What has been known as the new birth or the born again experience. It's biblical, it's John 3. President Jimmy Carter made that statement quite popular when on newspapers and magazines came this heading Born Again President. Now that's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about, being born again. It puzzled Nicodemus, how can I enter the second time into my mother's womb to be born? Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, there's a birth that is of water and flesh, and there's a birth of the Spirit. And that is a birth that every man needs in order to have dual citizenship. The other day, my wife and I were visiting my wife's brother and his wife in San Diego, And David showed us his new passport from Switzerland. You see, my wife is born of Swiss parents. They grew up in Switzerland and came to these United States in their 20s and had dual citizenship. And it's possible for children of parents who were born in Switzerland do also have a dual citizenship even though they don't live in Switzerland. And so my wife's brother thought that would be a good thing and he set about getting his Swiss passport and he was very proudly displaying it to us when we visited him. It was red and with that Swiss cross on it and it was a proud piece of goods to him and I think rightfully so. But as I looked at that red passport, I couldn't help but think, well, I've got two passports as well. One of mine is blue in cover, and it is the United States passport, which would permit me to travel throughout the world in most places. But I also have another one, and it's a black cover, and I hold it in my hand. It's the Word of God, which is my passport into the other country. And one of these days, I am going to go into the land of my second birth. I am going to enter into the kingdom of God and dwell in the presence of the Lord. But you have to have the other passport in order to do that, friends. You can't get in on just one. You've got to have dual citizenship. And that's what Jesus was talking about. One day the disciples came back to him after having been sent out. Luke chapter 10 is the place. Two by two to witness of his name and to heal the sick. And they came back just doing a little dance because the devils were even subject to them. But Jesus stopped them short when he said, Rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. More important than devils being subject to you, is the fact that you have dual citizenship, that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Do you rejoice in that relationship today? If not, you can take that passport as your very own this day by faith in Jesus Christ, and you can rejoice with us. Dual citizenship. Now also... As we sense this possibility, we realize that though we are citizens of one world, we're looking for another. Now Hebrews 11 puts that to me in perhaps the clearest form that I have found in all the Bible, and I would recommend that you open to that because you'll see the names of people who are in what is called the Hall of Faith. And in the 13th verse of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, the statement is made, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and, what? Pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city For them. Hallelujah. Now that pictures it well, doesn't it? We live in one world, but we look for another. They seek a homeland. Then the words of Jesus in John 14 flood my mind. He said to his followers, I go. Yes, I go, but I go for a purpose. What is the purpose to prepare a place for you? Is it imaginative? No. It is a place, a literal place, where the pilgrims of this world can move one day into the bliss of no pain, and no suffering, and no sorrow, and no death, and no more moving, hallelujah! We will be in the homeland prepared for those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Pilgrims just passing through. Now we are in that boat today, unfriendly territory. But with the psalmist we can say, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Some of you are here in church today feeling buffeted, feeling attacked, feeling violated, problems galore, difficulties, things that you're facing that seem greater than you can keep up with. Let me tell you this message today could be the source of strength and encouragement for you and it would be that way for the rest of your life if you will take it according to the inspiration that the Holy Spirit gave Paul when he shared it with us. We are citizens of another world. We have another homeland. So what if we have a few problems here? People call and say, how could Roxanne Brandt die of cardiac arrest with cancer in her body when she's an evangelist and a healing evangelist at that and she's comparatively young? I don't know! But it doesn't bother me. I don't think there's one person on the other side whoever they be, and however long they were a Christian, that would ever want to come back here once they arrived there. I just don't think that would happen. I don't know why some are wiped out on a freeway by a drunken driver. Don't ask me why. The only reason that I can think of is we're here on earth, and we're not angels, and we're not... Immortal. We're mortal. And we're pilgrims passing through. And if somebody wants to pull a gun and shoot me, then I guess that's the way it is in this world. But that isn't it, folk. I have a citizenship in another world. And that's what I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Hallelujah. Those who break beneath the loads of life are those who try to carry the burdens all by themselves. I feel sorry for them. This week we had a graphic example of that. I was attending trustee board meeting at Santa Cruz at our Bible college. That morning I felt chilled and I thought, I've got to go to this meeting. And I went and sat through the day, but the longer I sat, the colder I got until my jaw was even shaking. And I knew I was getting a bug. And I finally at 4.30 excused myself and headed for the motel room and crawled in under the covers. And for an hour I shook that bed trying to hold still. And finally the shaking subsided and I flipped the news on. And there on the television screen one of the most horrible scenes unfolded as the treasurer of the state of Pennsylvania took a magnum revolver, stuck it into his mouth, and blew his brains out in front of the whole nation. Oh, I was sick inside. I thought, dear God, that doesn't have to happen. We all make mistakes. No one is perfect. We have all sinned. Oh, that the world would hear that message. We've all sinned. Whether it's embezzlement or whatever, what difference? We've all sinned. But the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses all sin as well. And that poor man didn't have to do that. But that's what happens when the world doesn't know what we know. The burdens of this life break them. And that's all they know to do. And how dastardly it is. As I came home to my study on Friday... In the back of my mind, there was going over a note that I had gotten years ago and I searched and found it in my file. A note from a man who was in a church that I pastored at that time. And on that note, it said, show this to Pastor Cole. It was found in his pickup truck. After he had taken his rifle, put it between his legs as he sat at the steering wheel in the woods, took a branch from a tree in his hand, put it on the trigger, and activated that rifle as it blew right in his face. And this is what I found on the note he had written to me There is no way of escape. This is awful. Make your peace with God. Work on the teenagers. I had already crossed the line of no return. This is a horrible thing to do, and I fully realize the consequences. Now, you say ministry is easy. I have heard people say, Boy, one day a week, was he ever got it made? To try to wrap your arms around that family, to try to stand and speak to people who were living, give them some hope. How would you like that job? And not just once, but over and over again. And how would you like to carry the burden that I carry right now? Speaking to thousands of people today about eternity and their destiny. People who are not right with God in many cases. People who are burdened and broken by the cares of this life. People who are about to cave in, about to give up. Thinking about doing what those men did that I have decided. You say it's easy. I'd like you to try it for just a week. But thank God as I open my Bible, I hear Paul say, we are citizens of heaven. And I can stand here and tell any young person, any young married person, any older person, Jesus Christ can carry your burden for you. Jesus Christ will step into where you are. Jesus Christ will assist you. Jesus Christ cares about you. That's what the gospel is all about. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might not perish but have everlasting life. We're citizens of one world, but we're looking for another, and that can keep us going no matter how dark the valley may become. I believe that with all of my heart. You know who I feel sorry for today? The atheist. The agnostic. The fellow who says there is no God and when he dies, wham! He's looking him right in the face. What a blow that must be to an atheist who is faced with eternal judgment Saying, there is no God. An atheist does not find God for the same reason a thief does not find a policeman. He's not looking for him. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And I believe that. An atheist is someone who believes that what you see is all you get. And if that were true, what a sad thing it would be for God to have put us in this world if all we get is what we see. But I want you to know the revelation goes far beyond this world. It projects us into another. And that's what this statement from that prison is all about. We're citizens of another world. Hallelujah. Just passing through. Now, the second thing is we're pilgrims to be promoted and transformed. Two things here. One, Paul says we're going to get a new body. (laughs) We hear a lot about heart transplants and we watch the news as they try to put these machines inside of people to keep them going, but it doesn't last. What do we need? We need a new body. I mean, we're wearing out, aren't we? We get chills sometimes. We're wearing out. But here Paul says, we wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. My daughter in law, Kathy, loves this scripture who will transform our lowly body. She's so tiny. (laughs) You can find a lot in the Bible if you read it. Like the fellow who said, I'm not going to fly because Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. (laughs) Well, we're going to get a new body. He will transform our lowly body. In this body are the seeds of the soil from which it came. And there's pollution there. We're limited in our development and we grow tired. Disease and pain prevail. But we are pilgrims passing through. This ain't all. We're going to be like he was and is. He walked through doors after the resurrection. He was in Jerusalem one minute and Galilee 50 miles away the next. (laughs) Without American Airlines, we have a higher destiny. Our body will be like the body of the Lord. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. We shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. Men may discover missiles, but he can never discover youth. God has worked that out by putting a tree of life in the midst of the paradise of God. It's where he is. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and there you can partake of this tree of life And you'll never have to have glasses. You'll never have to use crutches. You'll never have any wheelchairs where I am. You will never be old where I am. There is eternal youth. There is eternal vigor. There is eternal life where I am. He's going to transform these bodies and make them like his own body. I think that is an improvement. Citizens of another world just pilgrims passing through so if people die young but they know the Lord they're all new oh yes we suffer pain from separation but let us not forget that's really the goal of every human being to be graduated to walk in front of the class, and get the diploma, and hear the principal say, well done, you've made it. Pilgrims, on our way somewhere. Nothing lightens the burden of the day like the anticipation of things to come. If you are in business, I am told the best way to handle your day is to do the hardest things first, and then you can anticipate the easier, And that's what I have tried to do for years. I think that's why I get so much done. I try to handle the thing I don't like the most first and then everything just gets more exciting as the day progresses. Try it. You'll like it. Don't put off the ugliest and the hardest to the last of the day. You won't have enough energy to do it then. It'll weigh you down, and when we transplant that concept into what I am preaching to you today, there is anticipation of things to come. We're dealing with the harder now, the easier is to come. We will be given new power and new life in that better world. We're going to be all right, folk. We're handling the difficult now, the easier comes along next hallelujah now not only are we going to have a new body but we're going to have a new home now sometimes we dreamers drive through the nice parts of town and look at the houses and we say whoo whoo whoo." and then as we drive away we say thank God we don't have to pay the taxes on that place But we dream. Iris Stanfield wrote, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Well, we do. I don't know what they're going to look like. But Jesus said, I go to prepare for you a place. This earth has no real attraction for us when we think about what he's preparing Some beautiful places here, sure, but nothing compared to our new home. It can no way compare with what the master architect is putting together. So I want to leave three things with you today that the Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart about for this church. Number one, listen now. Hold very lightly to material things. I think we are living in a dangerous time when we're looking at things and how can I work a few more hours to get this and businessmen are putting in 18-hour days under the guise, I'm doing this for my family. Who are you kidding? You're gonna die before they ever enjoy you like they should. Don't swallow the lie. Hold very lightly to material things. They're going to perish with the using. I saw this week some of these guys who have these Super Bowl rings, and one of them said, I wore it for a little while, and then I put it in the vault. Isn't that sad? You have to put something so valuable and beautiful in a vault. Nobody can benefit from it in a vault. But you know why? He's afraid of it getting stolen and he's afraid of it wearing out. Because it wears with the using. But why not use it? He's going to go someday anyway, somewhere, and he'll leave it in the dumb vault. Won't even be on his finger in the casket. It's true. Somebody else will wear it around. Never even saw the Super Bowl. The Holy Spirit is saying, hold the things of this world lightly in your hands. And the second thing he's saying is, seek more than flimsy pleasures and entertainments. I'm troubled. It's the day of videos. It's the day of the box office. It's the day of the sporting events. The big game. And then there has to be another one, and another one, and another one. And then there's the work for five days, and I can't wait till Friday and Saturday when I can kick it all back, and I can relax, and I can go drink and do my thing, and I can pleasureize. Oh, dear friend, there's nothing but death in that glass. It's a dead-end road. We need more than pleasures and entertainments. We need Jesus. He's the one that takes you by the hand and walks you across the river. And the third thing is, we need to be like Paul. We ought not to fret, complain, and worry in this day. Some of you guys and gals have to look at the stock market page first thing in the morning to see if you're still alive or not. (laughs) Don't fret, complain, and worry. If someday the headlines say, crash, I hope you'll be jumping up and down, praising God and saying, hallelujah, God must have something really special for us now. Paul was facing that door leading to death. And he said, our citizenship is in heaven. I don't care what's beyond that door. My eyes are fixed. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross and despised the shame and was sat down at the right hand of God. For the joy that was set before him despised the shame Endured the cross. Worry, fretting, complaining, grieves the Holy Spirit and embarrasses God. He's great, he's mighty, he will not forsake us. Will you remember those three things? Hold lightly to material things. Don't depend on pleasures and entertainments for your life and stop worrying, fretting, and complaining, and start glorifying God with the knowledge that we're heading somewhere. Now, friends, as I close, if I haven't convinced you yet that this truth is an eternal one, let me remind you that every civilization of history has had a belief in the hereafter when I walked down those stairs in the Valley of Kings in Egypt years ago into the tomb of King Tut, I saw things I had never seen before reminding me that every man has a hope for a better tomorrow. For in that grave or tomb, food and drink had been placed, ornaments, weapons, gold. Why? So that in the next life he would have food and drink and ornaments and weapons and all of this stuff, or they would have kept it for themselves. Why do you think those pyramids rise out there on the desert outside of Cairo? Because they give the king room to roam in his next life. And why is it the American Indian spoke about the happy hunting ground? Job believed in life after death. When he asked, if a man die, shall he live again? He said, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. Job chapter 19, and Job is the oldest book possibly in the Bible. David believed in life after death. Psalm 16, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Isaiah believed in life after death. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For the dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Isaiah 26, verse 19. Jesus believed in life after death. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Paul believed in life after death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We're citizens of another world. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump! Oh, and he shouted, O death, where is thy victory? O grave, where is thy sting? Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. On this platform some weeks ago, Brother G.W. Hardcastle sang this song. Just think of stepping on shore and finding it, heaven. Of touching a hand and finding it, God's. Of breathing new air and finding it celestial. Of waking up in glory and finding it home. <laughs> just think of it. Paul did in a prison. And he said, we're just pilgrims passing through. We can make it whatever comes our way. Hallelujah. Our commonwealth is in heaven. Our homeland is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. God wants to relieve a lot of burdens in this church this morning. God wants to take the load you've been trying to carry yourself, bear it for you, and say, hey, I didn't put you here to fail. I didn't put you here to lose or to be destroyed. I put you here to win. And I hold out before you this great possibility of being with me forever. And if you'll just see that, you can make it through any dark valley that comes. Our citizenship is in heaven. Just think of stepping on shore and finding it home. There's nothing like going home. Take heart. Look up. This same Jesus is going to come for you. He will not leave you alone. Let us pray. Oh God, our Father, as we come to the concluding moments of this meeting, we pray that people will move toward you in a new way, in a way of faith, of trust. People will turn over their sins to the sin-bearer, their burdens to the burden-bearer their cares to the one who wants to carry our cares for us Lord heal people right now I pray you'll make them light in spirit lift that load right now may they feel it right now just going away our citizenship is in heaven we're not here forever This will not last. We're going on. We're just pilgrims. Passing.